Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast, where you can be inspired by the stories of active people from the great state of Texas and beyond. We also chat with people who can help keep you active, like our sponsor, College Station Physical Therapy and Performance. CSPT is a performance PT clinic who helps active people recover from injury, return to their active lifestyle, and reach their highest level of performance. Learn more about how CSPT can help you get back to doing what you love at collegestationpt.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host, and today we have a special guest with us, Adriana Versari. Adriana, what's up? Everything's good. Thank you for having me. Did I pronounce your name correctly? It was fantastic. The best one I've heard so far. No, well, thank you. That's (laughs) very kind of you. Um, So you're the director of coaching uh, right now for Cavalry Youth. Um, It's a local club team here in College Station. Um, and there's a lot of other things that kind of have gone into that, that have gotten to where you are now. And maybe you're also doing some other things that we'll talk about here, but, um, I'm excited to have you on here to have a conversation about, you know, your, your roots, where you came from in Italy and how you were brought up and what that meant to you in your now profession, um, and in your family life and work life. And, uh, I'm excited because I've been wanting to have you on this <laughs> podcast for probably about two years now. I don't I'm know if you knew that. Much catch. <laughs> I had to um, get involved more with the with cavalry in order to, I guess, make sure I could get on your schedule. <laughs> well, good to have you. Um, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? I mean, I mentioned that you're from Italy, uh, yes. uh, kind of where you grew up and what that was like, um, as far as like what what how it led you to getting so involved with soccer at this point. Yeah, sure. So, yes, I'm from Italy, a uh, little town called Arezzo, which is in the center uh, of the nation of the country, one hour south of Florence. Um, and um, you know, I, I thought it was Tuscany. That's Tuscany. Yes, the the region. Oh, is it's a region. Yeah, the region is Tuscany. Okay. Uh, Florence is the capital of that region, and then Arezzo is a small town, forty-five minutes south. It's famous for uh, Piero della Francesca, uh, the artist, the medieval, the, sorry, the Renaissance artist, and uh, for the gold factories. We had at some point more than fifteen hundred gold factories. In the 80s it was the, wow. uh, the 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 city with the most gold factories on in the planet okay so that's it's <laughs> good to know yeah good to know my family didn't work with gold though uh, <laughs> my family's very fortunate so <laughs> yes um and yeah i mean we i started playing not very early um in my age i think i was probably eight or nine um my family moved from a very rural area of the of Place where, where we used to live to closer to the city and uh, close to my house there was a there was a field that belonged to the church that was open and uh, there was the, the congregations of all the kids uh, around that area that would play every day from 1 p.m to 8 p.m and that's how i started so i had no formal coaching until until i was 12 or 13. and so that was just on a field there was just a field. Right, which I think is a little um, different than the culture here. Uh, you just, you find a field or even a patch of concrete sometimes, you know, to play, to play the game of football on, so. Absolutely, and it was more so. And it was unorganized. Yes, it was more so 40 years ago. Uh, and uh, and then of course it was uh, totally unorganized. We, have, we had games that could go from 1v1 to 35 versus 35. Yeah. How big was the field? Um, it would be probably a 77 uh, United States standards. So, do, you, um, do you know much about the, the roots of the game of soccer as far as like how the game was played, you know, however many years ago, 100, 200 years ago? I mean, it, or the, more. The, England says that they invented it. I don't know if they did, <laughs> they did so because they're not very good at it. But, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, they said that it started over there, right? And um, but you know, they, they, we have we have been playing with the ball. People have been playing with the ball for for a long time, or a sort of a ball, something that you know, some patches together, and they, they were moving it with their hands or with their with their feet, and uh, that's how it started. You know, eventually they they put it they put it all together, and they 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 start um, they put all the rules together, you know, and they start a formal a formal sport, mm-hmm. but. You know, people have been playing some sort of soccer for many, many centuries. Yeah, the, yeah, the reason I asked that is because whenever I was, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade here, 
and I played soccer since I was five or six years old. I love the sport. And I did a research paper on, on the history of it. And from what I remember, I hadn't looked up recently, but they used to play on basically infield. Um, but sometimes these fields were like a mile long. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a massive field and the games would last all day. Right. Right. So if you go, for example, to Rome at the Circo Massimo, which is right next to the Colosseum, that was the biggest stadium, uh, the biggest venue, uh, in history it, it, it will hold 250,000 people. And so they, they would play with, they would play all sorts of games, including a game with the ball, you know, and you can see frescoes and, uh, not frescoes, uh, mosaics, sorry, mosaics okay. with, yeah, with, uh, Romans having some sort of ball in their hands, trying to pass to each other, you know? So, I mean, it's, a it is, a it, it has a very old origins. Yeah. So, um, that led you to playing kind of unorganized. You de did you develop a lot of skill during that time, like on your own? Uh, developed to survive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, technically, I will say not so much, and that's probably what uh, hold me back mm. in my progression. Uh, but in terms of physicality and mental toughness, yeah, that was my probably my best quality. My my two of my best qualities. Yes. Technically, uh, I think I was behind. And then when did you start playing organized? I started playing organized when I was uh, 13 because, um, you know, local scouts will come to the field, to this field to see players, to see if there's anyone interesting that could get for their academies. And uh, one day, um, one of these scouts talked to me and said, hey, if I wanted to play, I said, sure. So let's go. And then uh, I started to play when I was 13 or 14, around there. Was that local or did you have to travel? I did, I did not have to travel. It was very local. It was like, it was probably 10 miles from my house and uh, they would come pick me, pick me up and uh, for practice and games. So that was very convenient because my family would not take me to practice. <laughs> okay. And, and they were farmers, correct? I mean, yes. So is that farmers. why you didn't play younger? You were working? I mean, there was not farm. really um, a way for me to go anywhere from where I was, from where I grew up. You know, I was a, it was a very rural area of the um, of the region, and um, and so that my family couldn't take me anywhere. You know, I mean, I would walk to school for a couple of miles, mm -hmm. and uh, then I would take a bus, go to school, walk for another mile. So it was a uh, it was a lot. After the bus picks you up, you walk another mile. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound right, but yeah, no, no, that's uh, that's uh, so I would walk from my house to the bus stop, get the bus get to the town and then we'll walk for another mile to school. Okay. They just drop you off in the town. Yeah. It's not a school bus. It's a, it's just a bus. A it's not bus. a school bus. A town bus. Yes. It's a town bus. I got it. Okay. And then, so once you started playing organized soccer, did things kind of speed up? The things speed up really quickly. Yes. Cause, uh, as I said, I, I, I played with, uh, many different kind of skills and age because in, in, in the field we'll play with, you know, 10 years old against adults. And so I was ready for that. I was ready for the competition. And so it, things speed up really quickly. And um, I was scouted by other clubs and I moved forward in my, in my development, in my, if you want to say, career. So mm -hmm. uh, I, made it to the, I made it to the fourth national league, which was still, uh, which is considered professional uh, when I was 16. So I was really, I was, you know, uh, an early developer, developer mm -hmm. or something like that whatever you want to call it nowadays. Um, but then I couldn't progress from there anymore. Okay. And so <clears throat> that's uh, probably, as I said, my technical, my technical uh, toolbox wasn't good enough to make it to the next level. So at 16, you're still in high school, correct? 16, well, I'm still in high school. And when do you graduate high school in Italy? 18. Okay. So um, how good was your high school team? It was fantastic. Yeah, my my high school was really my high school team was really good, and it's something that uh, it's um, it's unfortunate because now they they don't have the high school they don't have high school soccer anymore. Mm. All over the country, it went away because of funding and because of uh, you know, government decisions through the through these past twenty years. But that team was spot on. We had we had uh, players um, that would play in professional academies, and um, we competed uh, on a tournament on a national tournament that had. Um, close to 2,000, 2000 schools across the country. And we made it 
uh, four years to the first date and one year we came second. So it was a, it was a really good team. That's awesome. Did you set any personal records there? Uh, I thought, you know, I think I was a top scorer one year. I don't really remember though. Do you have, the school, record? Do you have the school record? I have a school record somewhere, but you know, that school doesn't even exist anymore. Exactly. You so know? it's never going to be beaten. That's right. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned that in your bio on the Cowboy okay. website that um, you, that you're proud that your goal scoring yeah. record is still unbeaten. Yeah, that's right. Yes. But now we know why it's unbeaten. That's right, because nobody else uh, had the chance, right? So actually, I went uh, I went back to the school like 15 years ago before uh, it was shut down, and uh, the pictures of the of the teams that that are playing for the school they were still. Uh, in the principal office, I guess they're not there anymore. I wish they they had told me I would have got the picture for me for the house. Oh yeah, you know that would have been amazing. Yeah, it would be. It would have been good. But yeah, that's too bad that they don't have a they don't have high school soccer anymore. Not just the school. I mean, it's everywhere. It's not funded anymore. Okay, so no. now it's just academies. It's just it's just academies. Yes. Is there a a large need for coaching in both there and here? We'll get to here too. So uh, Italy has uh, sixty million people. And we have 60 million coaches, you know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody thinks there's a coach. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yes. Here, um, the, the, the culture is very different and um, we absolutely need more coaches. Yes. What about, um, let me rephrase the question. How many, uh, is there a need for licensed coaches? There's no need for Italy, licensed coaches. In Italy. There's no there's need plenty. for licensed coaches. No, no, there's not plenty. It just because you played at some level and you have time to spend with uh, with a coaching team, you can actually get you can actually get a, a position, which is not a job, right? Because uh, coaches in Italy are not paid. It's a social uh, it's a social yeah. thing, you know. Like mostly in Europe, it's like that. Mm. You know, you if, in order to get paid paid, um, you need to work for a very high level professional academy and. Uh, uh, in the range of the U16 to the second team. There you're gonna probably make a living, but below that, you will need to have another job. So when did you start your um, official training as a coach? So I, starting, uh, I started a long time ago. I think it was 1999. Um, and uh, I had a friend of mine that uh, was, was coaching a team um, in, a, in a really good academy, actually close to my, uh, close to my house. And, uh, he was quitting because uh, he couldn't manage uh, his day his day job with uh, uh, with soccer, and he said, "If I wanted to take over," and I said, "Okay, let's take over." Because uh, that's just a that's just the way it is. Volunteer, yeah, it's just volunteer. So yeah. I, you talk to the president, yeah, yeah, you talk to the president, huh? AC, AC cricket, yes, Cricca. yeah, yeah. So you talk to the president, and you say, "Hey, I have time to I have time to coach. Can I can I be around you? You know, can I be around the, the team and?" see what I can do. Say, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and do it. But, you know, 30, 30, is it 30 years ago? Yes. Um, it was also easier because we had so many more clubs than nowadays. You know, nowadays we have, um, I think we lost 50% of the clubs in the country, you know, just because of uh, financial reason. In and Italy? Don't, yes, because they, they can't make any money. You know, it's not a... a a pay-to-play model mm -hmm. and uh, everything is financed and uh, funded by government and by donors. So it's not easy to, um, to sustain a business like that with, uh, with these conditions. And so we, we bank 50% of our clubs bankrupted in the last 15 years. So it's, uh, it, it was really easy to get, to get involved with, uh, with coaching. But that's probably greatly affected the, even the development up to the highest oh. level. Absolutely. It, it, it negatively affected right. the, the development for sure. That's why we haven't made that workout for eight years in a row. Has <laughs> made it at all? We haven't made it. No. The last two workouts, we, we, we were out of the workout. You know, no, but, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, this year though? No, we're out. Yeah, we're out. We're, we, we, did, we didn't qualify. We won the Euro Cup, you right. know, and then six, yeah. months, six months after we lost with North Macedonia, which I don't even know where it is. One zero, and then we were out the World Cup on the on the playoffs. Okay, so I'm well, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know what it feels like. Oh, it feels as bad. A, as it's a bad. 
You know, the last, I mean, the, the United States was not the last one. You don't think they will go through the? They weren't in the last. One. Oh, they were not in the last one. Yes, yeah. no, I know, I know. I was, it was bad too. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, they're in it this year, so looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, watch, for sure. Watch watch them. Them. Hopefully, our kids will watch them too. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm instructing everyone to watch it. They have to watch at least eighty percent of the games. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of the games. <laughs> I'm trying to get my kids to watch more soccer with me. Um, it's not easy. I know. Uh, <laughs> not easy. The older ones tend to do better with that. Yeah. Um, so what brought you to um, the United States? Did you come to College Station first or? I came to College Station. College Station is the only place where I lived uh, so far, except three months in Corpus Christi. When I right. that, you know. uh, my wife is from Ryan. Okay. And um, she came uh, um, on a study abroad with Texas A&M mm-hmm. to Castiglione Fiorentino, which is the place where, uh, mm-hmm. where I used to work. And so we met there. Okay. And uh, we got married eventually, and we lived there for about 15, 16 years. And then when my first son was born, we tried, we, we started to travel back and forth. And then we decided, we decided that uh, it was time to settle and around 2009, I think. Okay. I'm not good with dates. It's so 2008. 2008? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, you know better than me. <laughs> well, the internet's not always right. So. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's what the, you know, your cavalry bio says. Uh, I think it was 2008, you moved to Texas with your family. And then, yep. did you know there was soccer in Texas? No, I didn't know. No, I, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it existed. Is that uh, a joke? No, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. I, I didn't know, really. I, I was like, I was like, nobody played. Because, you know, we have so many facilities and so many parks. And veterans wasn't around. You know, it was a... Right. Yeah. You know, there wasn't there wasn't a soccer uh, specific facility. So soccer in Bryan, Texas, did not exist. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I started I playing know. in nineteen ninety in Arlington. Let's Texas. put let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. I didn't know where to find it. Right, right. I get it. And because it's so easy in Europe, you travel everywhere, or at least it used to be. You travel and and you see kids playing at parks or in the streets or whatever. Less and less nowadays, but. Um, but here, you know, we have so many structures and we have so many parks, so many beautiful parks, like the Thomas Park that's right in front of my house. You know, fantastic uh, for, you know, a pickup game. Yeah. Nobody plays there. It's a big field. Yeah. You know, so I didn't know that there was a, there was something more structured and organized uh, than, uh, uh, you know, regarding soccer. So did you have, and when you discovered that two years later, um, I mean, what, were you doing something else in the meantime or? So I couldn't work because I was uh, I didn't have my green card. So okay. we, came, we came here without, without my green card. And uh, then how did I discover it? I discovered it because, um, do you have it that there? Um, does, does it say what? No, yeah, yeah. So you registered and coached your son with College Station Soccer Club. I registered him, yes, with, with soccer, College Station Soccer Club. Uh, and was um, U5, under five. Yes, and then. And then uh, Houston Texans. Well, yeah, the, the Houston Texans came. I came after, uh, okay. but I, but so I registered Ross, which is my uh, my first son with College Station Soccer Club, and um, they asked me if I wanted to volunteer as a coach, mm-hmm. and I said yes. So I yeah. start, I started that way basically okay. uh, here in this country, and um, and so from 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 there, I was approached by. Um, someone that used to work a director coaching for uh, Texans, Houston Texans, who had they had a they had a branch here in town because they are originally from Houston, but they had a they had a branch they had a a competitive program here in College Station. Mm-hmm. And so he asked me if I wanted to if I wanted to uh, work with them, and I said yes. So I worked with them for a few years, uh, on and off, because uh, I was still traveling back and forth. And, um, and then, uh, but, you know, can I say that uh, we weren't doing a good job? You know, we, sure. were, we were not very happy about the, about the program. It was, uh, mm-hmm. we felt, uh, even as a coaches, you know, we felt that it was a, a money maker program, mm-hmm. um, not involved in the community at all. They were not developing kids the way, they, the way that um, um, I wanted them to develop and also it was kind of exclusive because it was very expensive to play. And um, I don't recall seeing a, a financial aid program hmm. uh, for kids that couldn't play. So 
um, you know, the philosophy behind it didn't really inspire me mm -hmm. to work for them. And I guess it didn't inspire uh, other members of the communities. And that's why we started covering. Okay. Yeah. So that came out of, um, well, first, what was the name of it? Did you, was it named Cavalry or something else? It was named Cavalry because, you know, there was a perfect storm at some point yeah, in this town. There was a, uh, I think it was 2000, between 2015 and 16. I went back to Italy for six months because my UEFA certification expired mm. and I had to retake the course. So I took the course and uh, Houston Texans fired me. The, because I was leaving, right? Mm -hmm. And so I went back to Italy, I took the class, uh, which lasted uh, six, seven months. I came back, when I, when I got back, uh, the Brazos Valley Cavalry um, announced the participation into the USL League Two. That's the, that's the, that's the pro USL. league team. Yes, that's a pro league team. Yes. Okay. And then... That must have been around 2017. Around there, okay. yes. And then Billy Hart uh, was looking for director coaching for for uh, Brazos Valley Youth Association, mm -hmm. Youth Soccer Association, and he asked me to work for them. And so I became the director coaching for Brazos BBYSA, mm -hmm. which actually that's when we met. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically, there was the perfect pyramid for development. In, in, in the Brazos Valley from recreational to, uh, to professional. Mm. And Coach G with other, uh, with other parents decided that it was about time to create their own, uh, their own club and mm. started Cavalry um, under, under the, it wasn't under the Cavalry USL, but it, we got the name from, from, I shouldn't say that, I shouldn't say that. You can edit it. Yeah, you can edit it. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, we we started with uh, we started to we started the, the club because of the USL team. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to how to word this, you know, because, because yeah. there, there was a big uh, there was a big um, problem when, the name. when we separated with the name. Yeah, yeah. So separating from the Texans, or? From, separating from the from Calvary USL okay. from the USL. Yeah. So anyway, I want what I want to say is that there was the perfect pathway from recreational to professional in town, and that's when uh, that's that's when uh, other uh, members of the community, including Coach G and other families, started uh, covering youth soccer. Okay, because because we had we had uh, the the perfect pathway at that point. And you um, were you licensed at all at that point? I think you were. I mean, you, I was licensed you in Europe. I was UEFA licensed. Oh, okay. UAE, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was UEFA licensed. Um, I started. I started my licensing in. Um, uh, I want to say 2013. With the E license that doesn't exist anymore, and then I, I went on and I took my C and then uh, my B. And now I'm, uh, I'm an A, A license coach. I'm finishing my. And that's with US soccer. That's with US soccer. Yeah. They didn't have the D then. They had the D. Yes. Okay. They had the they D license. They had the E, but now it's gone. Now the it's E is gone. Now it's grassroots. Now it's grassroots. Yeah. Now it's grassroots. And then once you completed the grassroots path, the grassroots pathway, you go to the D license, which is a national license. And then C, B, A, youth, and senior, and then pro. Okay. And you can only get the, the pro license if you work in the, in the professional environment. Is that something that you're trying to do or is it? Depends on eventually, what happens. you know, yeah. as a coach, you always, you, you always need to continue to progress. So that's something that, uh, I would want to do at some point. Yes. And then how did you get involved with the education side with us soccer? Uh, so when I was doing my C license uh, in 2015, um, the director, South, South Texas soccer director, Neil Ellis, uh, was my instructor at that point, And he asked me to be involved with the Olympic development program. Mm -hmm. And um, it started from there. Uh, okay. I, I started working with the Olympic Development Program, and then in, in 2018, I did um, the instructor the instructor course in Dallas, and um, that's how I became an instructor. And how long have you been doing the instruction? I've been doing it for uh, three years. Um, you know, there was the COVID year that we didn't have any courses, mm -hmm. so we we basically didn't do anything for yeah. one and a half years or two years. 
for those of you that hear this that are interested in getting more education and coaching, Adriano is a great instructor. Thank you. I've, I've begun my licensing uh, with the grassroots. And so we, and it's right here in College Station. I mean, we have something local. I think it's pretty amazing that we can do that. We don't have to go to Houston uh, necessarily. Sometimes they may have courses where you do have to travel, but um, I think it's pretty amazing that we have somebody of that quality. I mean, who's an A license being, and also an instructor with U.S. Soccer uh, to train and train coaches here that no longer just are dads helping out with the city, which is a great thing and very much needed. Every year they need coaches. Yes, um, but now with the competitive team, we've gone from when you started with cavalry youth, it was only five teams or so. It was five teams, and in the last four years, now it's. We, we got to 19. 19 teams. 19 okay. teams plus the Youth Academy, which... Uh, How many been, kids are playing in the Youth Academy this year? Well, right now we capped it at 75 because okay. at the beginning of the season we didn't have enough coaches. And so we said, okay, let's cap it here and, um, you know, we coach what we have. What about last year? Was it more than that? Last year it was 110. Okay. Yes, we had, we had more coaches. So it's really about coaches and then fields. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, about, it's, it's all to that. It comes to that. Yeah. Yes. Although there's plenty of fields here. There are plenty of fields. <laughs> yes. It's just, yeah, getting getting on the right one at the right time. Um, yeah. And so that's grown quite quickly, I would say. Yes. From five to 19 team. I mean, that's um, quadrupled in three years or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and that's with a year of not a whole lot happening with 2020. Oh, things yeah. shut down. So that slowed down the growth. Um, but now that what is the need now like where you are at with the 19 teams and so uh we're happy that we're growing of course because it means that you know the quality the quality also is growing and uh primarily the the soccer culture in the community is growing mm -hmm. um which is our ultimate goal you know changing or improving the soccer culture in the Brussels valley um we want to of course improve the the overall quality of our teams, meaning that we need to develop every single kid one at a time, mm -hmm. um, and um, and um, you know eventually compete at the highest level possible, making sure that uh, our kids are ready to compete for a spot in the in high school when they go to high school, uh, mm -hmm. starting from their freshman year, and uh, eventually compete for a spot in uh, in college when uh, they are ready to graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. That's uh, those are our goals, and uh, we need to make sure that uh, we have we have more qualified coaches, more quality coaches, uh, more people that are involved with the game, and then and that and that we offer uh, more opportunities to develop to our kids. And that's that was your vision from the beginning when you saw that this is missing. Like you don't have a community behind you, and that's something else you've done. I think a good job of it's getting the community involved. Absolutely. How are you able to do that? Uh, you mean Texas? The community, like in College Station. Oh, like sorry. Like parents and... Yes. Yeah, so. Ask me a question again. So how are you able to get the community more involved to help kind of build this pyramid of... You need the foundation of like the local, you know, parents and players, right? And then you got to build up, plus you need coaches, but then... You well, know, I mean, I think that um, uh, the, the main thing was trying to build... Um, as many bridges as possible with the community, you know, getting them involved, give, give them responsibilities, um, identif identify the, the parents that had a soccer background and that could progress in their education, in, you know, in their coaching uh, knowledge. And they, 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 they had time and commitment um, that they, they could invest in the, in the program. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the main thing. And then, you know, once we, um, we created that core, uh, that core of people, it, it was easier, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a Rick Siebold, there's a Lauren Marietta, there's a Borca Barbero, you know, I mean, all the, all these, um, uh, members of our community are deeply involved with, uh, with the growth of soccer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that involves other people around them, you know, it's a, it's a cascade effect. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome, and I love just the the vision and mission and of Calvary, and how you impart that into the players and into the parents. I think the parents are probably more important than the players uh, because they are the ones that bring, the, especially from a younger age. You know, without them, none of this is possible. 
absolutely. I mean, parents are uh, the the the, uh, you know, the focus of the uh, of the program. You know, we want them to be involved. Uh, we should actually uh, do more for for parents' involvement, and uh, and we have some ideas uh, coming up. Uh, but but yes, uh, it, it is absolutely. It's it's youth soccer, so it's parents driven. You know, and uh, we're glad that. Uh, uh, we have all these families involved, and uh, we are grateful for the for the service that they provide to the kids and to the community. All right, so tell me a little bit about um, this opportunity you had with uh, the. I think it's a USL team in Corpus Christi. Yes, it's a USL team. Uh, they play in the League Two. And which that was twenty twenty one. It was twenty twenty one this yeah. summer. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's the the fourth tier in the. U.S. Soccer Pyramid. Are they in the same league as the Cavalry? They are in the same league as Cavalry. Yes, okay. and we play against them. Okay, and so how was that experience like? It was a great experience because you know um, I had the chance to work with uh, adults again after so many years, and uh, it was rewarding. You know, I it wasn't such it wasn't um, a soccer experience um, per se, but it was a. a you know, I had a, I made a lot of friends out of this uh, out of this experience. Mm -hmm. You know, players that text me with uh, you know to ask uh, how, how I am, and uh, they want advice or suggestions, or you know, they they, they want to tell me what their next step in their in their career is. So it was a it was overall very good. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, that was that just a temporary. It was temporary. It was a uh, yes, because USA runs from. Uh, May through July, um, even though I had to start working earlier uh, to recruit players, because uh, this is a, a league that is geared toward uh, towards um, college players, the best college players in the nation, that they compete during the summer to earn a professional spot. So all the players that are involved with this league, they want to showcase their talent mm -hmm. and eventually get picked by, by the MLS or USL Championship. Okay. And uh, so the, the work start, started in November, mm -hmm. uh, but the first game we played was in, uh, was in, was in, in middle, uh, middle May. Okay. And um, uh, fortunately, I had Borca uh, in this, uh, oh, this yeah. adventure, yeah, helping me. It was uh, my assistant coach, uh, goalkeeper coach, uh, scouting, you know, head of recruitment, and mm -hmm. you name it. He, he did it all. And um, I had other people from College Station helping me, other coaches from College Station helping me. I had uh, Nala Masterson, who's now in uh, Oklahoma, oh, yeah. in a D2 school. Rafa, Rafael de la Gracia, uh, who uh, was my match, anal match analyst. And, uh, you know, we traveled together for tryouts uh, before the season started as well. So uh, they, they were great help for me. Yeah. yeah, sounds like it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, yes. Um, yeah, so if you, he, you mentioned I don't know if I say Borja's name right. That's how I say it. Borja Barbera. Mm -hmm. um, he was a previous guest on the Active Texans, so go back and listen to that. I also had the, I don't know if I would call it the pleasure, but I did get to watch him play for the Texas a and club team, All right. which was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't know who he was at the time, but he was definitely the only one I remember from that team. Oh, I'm sure you remember it. <laughs> uh, because of how vocal he is from, yes. in, you know, from the goal. Um, yeah. The most vocal goalkeeper I've ever seen in person like uh maybe like, you know maybe i haven't seen enough soccer in person yeah. but it's pretty amazing watching him play <laughs> he is he is very loud for america standards yeah, that's that. true maybe yes. not uh, uh, first thing he's a he's a force of nature sure. <laughs> and so mentioning the texas a m club team um did you, you you had some involvement there one year yes uh i coached them during covid year uh which uh was not a fun year because we basically been playing games just a few games um, but, um, you know, this is a great, uh, organization that it's, it's in town at Texas A&M and, uh, you know, provide an, uh, um, an avenue for, uh, uh, players that are, they don't want to be involved with, uh, official NCAA or NAIA schools and, you know, uh, play college ball. Mm -hmm. But this is a very competitive, uh, this is a very competitive team. Mm -hmm. You know, they have, uh, they have players that are from all over the world that they play very good academies uh, or even if they are from from uh, from uh, the US they they played at a high level and so they go through 
the the kid the players are selected through tryouts. They have tryouts in uh, in August, and uh, they select normally 20, 30 kids out of, out of uh, 150 players that registered. And um, I'm pretty sure that the first team, uh, men's club and a men's club, can beat most uh, D two D three schools in, wow. in the country. Yes, so that's good quality. I mean, yes, absolutely yeah. high quality. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, you didn't get a chance to continue with them just because of I didn't get a chance. To, yes, I didn't hours. get a chance to continue with them because they train late at night, uh, and um, so there was a problem for me. Um, and um, but, but I think uh, I think we should find a way to uh, you know to cooperate and to be Calvary and and uh, Texas A&M um, be more involved with each with each other. You mm-hmm. know, uh, have some sort of cooperation or collaboration. Um, because most of our kids that are in the club right now, they're in cavalry. Um, they all, they want to go to Texas A&M, you mm-hmm. know, and they wanna they wanna continue to play there. Yeah. And uh, these kids are also, you know, they can continue to play soccer. They can continue to coach for us. It's a it's a win win situation. Mm-hmm. And um, plus, we're we're about to start a UPSL team, which mm-hmm. is another league, uh, which is a develop still a developmental league, uh, geared towards. Uh, 20, 19, 20, 21 years old kids, but there's no age limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be another opportunity for uh, uh, players in the community to get more involved with uh, with soccer and play more, play more games and travel and again enhance the culture and, mm-hmm. in the community. Yeah, it sounds like you're putting the roots in all kinds <laughs> of different places. I mean, or your web, you're kind of forming your web um, to try to get and attract as many players as possible that want to be involved and want to um, continue to develop or continue to play. Um, and then, you know, that's, you know, so that's actually right upon us here, the tryouts for that UPSL team. Yes. It's going to be Sunday, November 13th. Um, that's this Sunday. That's this Sunday. It's okay. <laughs> if we're recording this on a Thursday, so um, it's soon. Uh, yes. November 13th uh, at 11 a.m. And, um, at Veterans Park. And uh, of course they, Players will need to register through uh, our website, and um, you know we will have uh, we will have two hours of tryouts and fun. Well, by the time this episode is released, that tryout date will already have passed. <laughs> but uh, we can maybe shout something out on our social media. Last last chance to sign up and register for these tryouts. That will be great. Will we'll it be more than one? Tryout? Yes, we will have another one in January. Okay, with, to, with date to be discussed. So okay. All right, so yeah, we can make sure and, and help try to spread the word for that Absolutely. Um, over the next three days. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of fun little ending questions here. Um, I, what there, This is something I've asked a lot of people that we've interviewed. Um, I don't know if you've read this question before or thought about it, but what is there any activity or sport that you would like to try outside of anything you've done to this point? <laughs> you know, um, I was thinking about about this exact question before we connected, okay. right? And uh, of course, I looked it up because I just uh, I just turned fifty, right? And um, so I looked up uh, what is the best activity for a fifty-year-old man. <laughs> you asked Google. I asked Google, you know, <laughs> and all the activities were so boring, uh. that, you know, that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do any of this. Um, but you know, going back to your question, you is, should have added athletic fifty-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can consider myself that, but, um, yeah. but anyway, you know, I'm, a, I'm fascinated by, by golf now because all my friends are playing, all my coaches are playing. They yeah. suck, of course. Yeah. They all talk about it. Yeah. They need to hire me as a coach, <laughs> golf coach. Uh, and so I really want to try that because I never swing uh, a club uh, in my life, uh, except at the new place, which is in Brown, which I, I don't recall the name now. Big shots. Oh, big shots. Yes. Yeah. Um, I tried that once, and it was really good. So, oh, watch out! Watch out, man. <laughs> uh, This—that's called beginner's luck, <laughs> and it happens with everybody that plays. I don't, know, they, I don't know. We'll they, see. Yeah, when you start playing, just wait. Like I can't wait. I want to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that. Like a couple of rounds. I mean, so it, I to see the journey of eighteen holes. <laughs> well, you know the the, the thing is, it, it looks like it, it it takes so much to play, so long. You know. Does. And I don't have that kind of time. That's the problem. Yeah, so. that is. I mean, that is a problem with golf for sure. Um, actually, I think the USGA, the United States Golf Association, has been pushing playing nine holes. Okay. More because um, that only takes a couple of hours instead of four. Right. Um, 
And so, but that's just, it's been, it's hard to break that culture of like, it's not really around golf of course. if you haven't played 18 holes. Of course. And then when you start combining nine hole scores with your handicap, it, it messes things up. Uh, you know, that makes me think about um, the modification of the game of soccer through the years, right? Mm -hmm. Because when I started to play, we would play 11-11, right? On the, the fields where you have, even 10 years old, nine years old, they would play 11-11 mm -hmm. uh, in the big field. And that was not good for development. Right. Know? So um, there was a lot of uh, uh, controversy during the years to reduce the space and play with, 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 uh, with less players, uh, which nowadays, you know, we play 4v4 mm -hmm. uh, at the, with the youngest age group, which I think is it's, it's fantastic because mm -hmm. the touches on the ball are 10 times, 20 times, 30 times more than in the field, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and they have the opportunity to score more goals. And so that brings the fun and the right. development. So that those, are, those are the two things that uh, the kids need. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's the same for golf. You know, mm -hmm. there's a controversy about going from 18 holes to nine, but I think it will be beneficial for most. Yeah, you know? especially people learning. See, I'm already an expert. Yeah. <laughs> at, at analyzing the sport. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's a little different when you start trying to hit that little golf ball. Even though it doesn't move. I know, it's I know. in one place. Yeah, I know. It looks frustrating. Uh, it looks no, frustrating. it's fun though. It's so much fun. I love golf. Golf and soccer are actually the two sports I've played almost my entire life. Oh, wow. um, okay. I started both around the same age, uh, around five or six years old. I don't remember. And I started playing golf tournaments when I was seven. Oh, wow. And I started playing soccer tournaments when I was... So you're the real deal then. Seven. So I need to play with you to learn. Well, I'm not the real deal, but if I had more time, maybe <laughs> I could become the real deal. But yes, I would love to play with you. Okay, um, we'll do that. And you can you can give me coaching advice for soccer, and I can give you advice for golf. We can do that even straight. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, so, how about this? If you could play on one team, what team would it be? As uh, a player, as a player, mm -hmm. as a soccer player, mm -hmm. um, it would be the the Italian national team. Um, if you want the specific, uh, what year? 1990, yes. All right. 1990. <laughs> That's when they won the World yeah. Cup, right? <laughs> well, we actually, I actually had the honor to play against them, against this team in 1989, because they were they were preparing for uh, uh, the World Cup, of course. Hmm. And um, uh, my team had the, the headquarters near Coverciano, which is the 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 national team headquartered, and so we we got to get into a scrimmage with uh, with. Uh, uh, the Italian national team. Wow. Yeah. So we, we saw How'd that go. Uh, it wasn't that bad, but I think we lost 5 0. Okay. You know, so my team was uh, the fourth division team. You were coaching them or playing? I oh, know where I was playing. I was 17. Oh. I was really young. Oh, wow. Okay. I was 17. That's a pretty amazing experience. Yeah. It was an incredible experience. And of course, they, you know, they told us, hey, you can't go so hard on them. You can't go so hard on them, you know, because they were there professional players playing for top Yeah, but you were probably saying, no, come oh, on, man. We, it Bring was, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, were, we, we were playing so hard. I think that that was the hardest game. Uh, and of course, you know, they were so much better than us that yeah. they, didn't even, they didn't even notice that we were trying so hard, you know? <laughs> so. Uh, the, that's the difference in the speed, too, like the speed oh, of the game. Yeah. You know, they're used to playing at such a high speed that whenever they played against a level four oh, team, yes. league four, then to them, it was a walk in the wood. Yeah, it was a walk in the wood for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, if you could coach one team, what team would it be? Um, uh, it, was, it will still be the same answer. The, yes, <laughs> the Italian national team. Yes, That's sure. like any, I mean, I think true countrymen. I mean, <laughs> I would love to play for the United States. Yeah, I would love to coach the United States. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, a, that's a, um, an easy answer for me. All right, who is on your dream team? How about um, a goalkeeper uh, like a, that you were creating or recruiting? Okay. A goal, just one goalkeeper, one defender, one midfielder, one striker. Okay. One goalkeeper will be uh, Gigi Buffon, mm. in my opinion, yeah. uh, the best goalkeeper of the modern era. Mm -hmm. uh, a defender. This is, you know this is going to be all Italians, right? I mean, <laughs> it's your, your, your answer. Yep. Um, the central defender would be Franco Baresi from uh, AC Milan. Um, then you want a midfielder. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a tough one now. What kind of midfielder? Attacking um, mid I mean, or defensive mid? Really, I should give you a chance to name a starting 11. Oh, okay. Well, but I don't know if we have time. I don't know if you have the time for that, right? Uh, you can a... do as many midfielders as you want. Um, you know, there's a lot of them. 
I don't know, I will probably have Iniesta, I will probably have Pirlo, and I will probably have Zidane. Mm. Um, and then up top, I will have Marco Van Basten. That's it? That's the only striker you want? That's the only striker I want. All right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so at this point, you know, what, what football... So you said in a, on, on your website, Cavalry Bio, that you have to pick a team to support your whole life at a young age. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> yes. I think that's just the culture. And, yes, you know, that's the culture. You know, I've kind of switched teams. Oh, oh, really? Oh. No, I never really had one until I started supporting Liverpool, but... I I had some pair like some uh so I had a, a scarf of Chelsea, I had a ball oh. of Manchester United, I've had US soccer stuff, but now it's Liverpool. Okay. Um, but for you, it when did you make that decision and who was it? Uh well it was a it was an imposed decision by by, by my older brother. Mm-hmm. You know, my older brother is 13, 13 years older than me. And uh, he said, you're going to support AC Milan or I'm going to beat you up for the rest of your days. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> um, all right. So what about your, who's your favorite all-time player? Um, well, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a hard, that's a tough one because uh, there are so many good ones. Um, but for the spirit and the commitment and the passion and... Um, the quality that brought into uh, into the game, um, meaning that he changed the role of um, of the center back in the in the nineties. I think it's Franco Baresi. Most will say Paolo Maldini, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is a, of course is a fantastic defender. But Franco Baresi is a, is a different category, and uh, Paolo Mal- Paolo Maldini exists. Because, because him, Franco yeah. Baresi was there. You know? yeah. um, another one that I respect so much is uh, uh, Puyol, captain of Spain. Uh, same uh, same type of leadership of, uh, of Franco Baresi. Uh, so those are those are players that they're not technically flamboyant players, but they are essential in a team mm-hmm. in order for that team to win games and uh, you know to create that that uh, uh, that high performance environment that you need to compete at that level. How about your favorite coach? Uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Who's he coaching now? Real Madrid. Okay. And what's the... Okay, one more question about... This is also something that you had to do as a child. Uh, We'll see if you still have this. Uh, I have a list of the current squad for the Italian national team. Okay. Can you name 11 of them? I can. I think so, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Let's go. Donnarumma. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah. Okay, Barella. Lucatelli. Zaniolo. Yeah, this is a different language. <laughs> Immobile. Okay. <laughs> Pellegrini. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting. How many is that? Bonucci, seven. Okay. Um, Bastoni. Verratti. Jorginho, Spinazzola. How many do you want? I can I can keep counting. Yeah, you could probably name all twenty six. <laughs> I love these names. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say Mancini? Mancini is the Mancini. Mancini is the, the, the coach. No, there's another. Uh, oh, there's the center back, Gianluca. The center back, but it's yeah, not it's, it's not really in the in the first team though. Okay. You know, you get called every once in a while. Yeah. So this is the 2022 squad. Mm-hmm. It says it, Italy World Cup 2022, but they didn't even qualify. We don't. We didn't qualify. <laughs> we didn't qualify. Um, and we didn't qualify because you know, I mean, we were first in our uh, in our group. We won the Euro Cup. We yeah. went. We went to play the last three games. We played Switzerland mm-hmm. uh, twice, and Jorginho missed two penalties huh. in the, in both games. And then we went to play Northern Ireland. Which is ranked 155. I don't even know. Yeah. And we lost, and we tied zero zero. We couldn't score a goal. So then we had to go to playoffs, and we played the playoff against North Macedonia. The one you mentioned, Georgia. Yes. He's not even on here. Which one? The one that missed the penalties. Jorginho. Jorginho. Yes. He's oh. a he's a Brazilian. Um, 
He's Brazilian, but he's a naturalized Italian. Yeah, he must have gotten kicked off the squad. No, no, he's, he plays for Chelsea. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm looking at the wrong yeah. list. No, no, but that's he's pretty. There. He's there. That is impressive uh, that you can name that many players. Oh yeah, I can name you 20 years of Italian players <laughs> or more. Um, so two more questions. What's the best advice you would give someone that's wanting to get into coaching? Get involved. Get there. Get your feet wet. You know, and um, possibly get a mentor. Mm. You know, someone that. Um, has a little bit more experience than you, is in the community and um, can give you some good advice. For the record, I named you as my mentor for Thank the graduate so coaching. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't ask you first, but uh, <laughs> That's fine. I would count you as a mentor for sure. I'd be um, happy to do that. Where can more people find out about you or where you, I mean, you're not training for anything, but where you coach and, and get, you know, kind of similar to what I already asked, but, you know, we'll put this in the show notes. Um, so if you want to get involved with coaching, mm -hmm. um, you can, you can, uh, what can you do? Can you contact me directly or no? Yeah. It depends on whether you want to give out that information. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's got it. I mean, you can, I can put it in the show notes um, and okay. people can look it up and say, Oh, there's his email address. Yeah. You can put my email address there. Yeah. Okay. You can contact, you can contact me directly with, through my email address. So you can go on the U S soccer federation website. Uh, if you Google Adrian Rosari, he'll pop right up. Okay. Is that true? <laughs> yep. At least when you're in this area, that's okay. what came up. Okay. Your first thing. I didn't even type soccer in there. Just your name. Just my name. Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's yeah. because of, you're on the website for Calvary. <coughs> okay. Uh, and then and also you can, you can send an email to, um, to the Calvary email address, uh, info at calvarysoccer.com. Um, and, um, you know, requesting to come out of the field and, you know, possibly working with, um, be paired with, uh, with the coach and uh, yeah. we'll be happy to have you. Yeah, I can say, um, from personal experience, it's a great experience so far. I'm Thank enjoying you. it. Um, and if you're interested, uh, what are you waiting for? Absolutely. Just hey, Adriano, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. the time to share your story and I'm looking forward to uh, letting everybody hear this episode. Thank you so much.